Hi, this is Steve Durr. I hope you're well. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19 and going to verse 31. Jesus said, There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us. From there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. All right, if you've been listening to um, these devotionals lately, you know that Jesus has kind of uh, been on a bit of a money and possessions kick. Uh, he's been talking about money and possessions in these passages we've been reading about lately. And all of these teachings are warning us uh, to use our resources, um, actually God's resources, um, in alignment with what God cares about. And, uh, and so again, just a reminder, God is the owner of all. He owns it all. And we, as his followers, as his people, as his family, uh, are his managers, his stewards. So everything we have is from him, and he entrusts it to us that we might use it for his glory and for um, his purposes and passions. And so uh, Jesus, in the midst of this, um, gives some warnings. He ties judgment uh, in the stories of judgment to how the resources uh, that we've been entrusted with right now are managed. And so uh, in the midst of this story, you, you've got a story of someone who seems to have mismanaged the great resources that's been entrusted to him. That's the rich man. We don't even really ever learn his name, which is bizarre, because if it's the rich man, uh, you know, he should be the one named. And the poor one, the poor man, uh, we should never know his name. He's, you know, he's, he's a nobody. And yet in this story, Jesus names the poor man, which gives a hint of what's to come. And the poor man's name is Lazarus. But you've got two people here. The rich man, this rich man who is very uh, wealthy, lives in luxury every day, allows starvation at his gate while he lives in luxury. Uh, he ignores Lazarus, the poor man. The rich man is very visible, very connected, very influential, 
Uh, people want to be with him. People want to be him. And so uh, he's very visible. While Lazarus, the poor man, sitting at his gate is invisible, is uh, someone that you would divert your eyes from and uh, turn your gaze away from and act as if they're not even there. And this rich man has leftovers. He has scraps even that would be able to sustain this starving poor man Lazarus at the gate. But Lazarus never received any. No table scraps were carried to him. In fact, this unclean, um, you know, this this poor man um, had to endure the dogs, the scavenger dogs coming to lick his sores, and that would sting. And so here, the rich man, the visible man, the connected man, the honored and respectable man, with his investment in himself and in himself alone, um, and not the needs of the poor and the oppressed around him, uh, he dies. And he inherits uh, the land of the dead. He inherits uh, the place of the dead. And the poor man, Lazarus, the invisible one, also dies. And he's taken to his ancestors in the presence of God. And so here's this story Jesus is telling. It's a great reversal. It's a great reversal. In eternity, their situations were reversed. And there was a sense at the time of Jesus that there was going to be a great reversal in in the life to come, that those who were oppressed would be comforted and would rule, and that those who were the oppressors, those who got wealthy on the backs of of the oppressed, they would now be ruled and oppressed, that there would be a great reversal. And Jesus is pointing this out. The rich man in the place of the dead hoped to receive mercy because he's a descendant of Abraham, but he doesn't receive any. Time was up. The tables have been turned. The rich man whose scraps never were carried to Lazarus is now asking that Lazarus come and carry even a drop of water to comfort his terrible thirst. The rich man, when he doesn't receive any of that, wants to send a warning out to his family. He has five brothers, but that idea is rejected. And why is it rejected? Because because here's the thing, Moses and the prophets, in other words, Moses, that represents the first five books of the Bible called the Torah or or the Torah or the law um, or the Pentateuch. There's different words for it, but it's um, the first five books of the Bible. It's got uh, 613 commands um, you know, in that. So the book of Moses, that's the first five books of the, the Bible. Then you've got the prophets, which are, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all these other passages and, and books of the Bible. And, and what Jesus is saying here in the story is, um, here's the point. These five brothers, they already have the instructions and warnings they need in the Hebrew scripture, in the Old Testament, in 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 the Moses and the prophets. They have all the warnings they need because the Old Testament is filled with challenges and exhortations to care for the poor, to leave food uh, in your harvest for the poor, for the oppressed, to treat people with fairness and justice. And if these five brothers are not going to listen to Scripture, they're not going to listen to some someone coming back from the dead. 
And it's interesting that Jesus even uses that as an illustration. Uh, the rich man says, just send Lazarus back from the dead to tell them, and they'll believe it. They'll change their ways. They'll follow God. And it's an interesting point. Uh, and Jesus says, no, 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 they won't. Even if someone came back from the dead, they wouldn't change their ways. They wouldn't repent. They have everything they need in Scripture. And so it's interesting here because we know soon uh, Jesus will go to the cross and he will die and he will rise from the dead. And yet there were so many who in the face of a resurrected Jesus and in the face of Scripture um, still uh, were unwilling to follow and to change and to turn. And so the main point of the story isn't primarily to give us a clear description of the afterlife. I mean, that's not the main point. Um, Jesus isn't necessarily trying to explain details about our eternal destination of heaven or hell. Um, the main point of the story is that Jesus is making the invisible Lazarus, the poor man, visible to those who gave their attention and time, mainly to the rich visible man. We get distracted by wealth. We get distracted by possessions. We get distracted by ourselves. We get distracted by the visible. And so those who are listening to the story, including us today, we enter the story and kind of take the position of the five brothers of the rich man. And the question is, will we listen? Will we listen to God's word? Will we listen to Jesus' teaching? Will we listen to the warnings that we're called to see the invisible, to join God in loving the invisible and blessing the invisible and meeting the needs of the invisible and sharing the good news of Jesus with the invisible? Is it our desire to gaze at the rich man and give our attention to the rich man and his life and seek to be that? Or if we do, then we're going to miss Lazarus starving at the gate. Here's the thing, Jesus lived out a life of making the invisible visible. He loved and honored the sick, the outcast, the sinner, the poor. Jesus made the invisible visible. And so for us today, will we follow Jesus in seeing the invisible around us? Who is invisible around you? Who has very little influence? Who is often rejected? Who is written off? Will we turn around? Will we bring life and blessing and prayer and love to those at the gates of our neighborhood, of our cities, of our world? That's the challenge before us today. Will we utilize all that God's entrusted to us, our time, our prayers, our resources, our everything, to help the invisible become visible because that's the way of Jesus. Let's pray. God, show us today who around us is invisible, who around us is unconnected, neglected, forgotten. God, that could be difficult um, and we might want to resist that because it's uncomfortable. So give us courage to follow you bravely into those invisible spaces and those invisible people and to bring blessing and love and understanding and mutual respect and 
and to bring the resources you've entrusted to us and put them into action for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.